welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced as all things should be. We're back for a second time in a week. I'm your host, Max Mosier. Grateful you're here. Excited to be chatting the Loki Season 1, Episode 6 finale. I'm here with two other Infinity Bros. Returning for the second time this week is Infinity Bro Isaac. Isaac, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Twice in one week. This is like probably a record for me. I feel like I'm never on the podcast this often. So excited about that. Yeah, I don't know how our listeners are going to do with that. Hopefully they process well and hopefully we can carry you a lot this episode. They have to get over the shock of of the Colin Jost uh, incident from the last uh, episode. So we'll see, we'll see if they're recovered from then. If you're not familiar, check out episode 83 where Isaac spends five minutes Ripping Colin Jost for being married to Natasha Romanoff herself, Scarlett Johansson. But we're not alone. We have a third Infinity Bro today and one of our personal favorites when it comes to Disney Plus shows. He's going to take us deep into the weeds or deep into the sacred timeline. It's Infinity Bro Mark. Mark, how you doing? I'm great. I'm happy to be here to diverge into the multiverse of weeds for all of you and the Infinity Bros universe enjoyment. Is it the multiverse of weeds or the weedverse of multi? Like I, I'm trying to figure out what's a clever way to say that versus multiverse of weeds because it just doesn't sound good when I hear it like that. I think of multiple different people smoking pot when I hear <laughs> it that way. That's exactly what I thought of too. Wow, you guys are despicable. We're very immature and we do need to do better. <laughs> you are correct on that. So... Uh, we got a jam-packed show for you today. We will be talking spoilers about Episode 6 in the entire season of Loki. So we just want to make sure that if you haven't watched it yet, that you pause this, come on back later, and listen. But before we break into that, we want to make sure that we honor somebody who left an iTunes review for us. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Podchaser, anywhere where podcasts are. We are there, and you can leave a review for us on iTunes or Podchaser. This one comes from Leathernator, and he gives us a five-star rating mark, another five-star rating. The headline reads, love it. The comment says, I've been listening consistently for over the past three to four months. Love everything y'all are doing. Love the banter. It brings liveliness, and I am a huge fan. Keep up. Keep it up, gentlemen. Uh, Isaac, would you rate this on a scale of one to six? How high are you going on this one? I'm going six out of six, man. I'm going to give all the points on most of these reviews. Some of them, like, that don't put quite as much thought into it. Actually, you know what? Like, everybody, I'll basically get a six out of six. But, uh, I mean, yeah, this one's just nice and genuine and, and just says some really nice things about us. So, I'll give it a six out of six for sure. Mark, are you as relieved as I am that Zane was not mentioned in this review? Um, sure. As relieved. That might be the only thing that that you know knocks down my score is if they talk about Zane consistently through their their review. My question would be for how huge of a fan this person is. Um, does he have, or do they have, all the first edition collector cards of the Infinity Bros? Is he that big of a fan? That's a very good question. That would be fantastic if we had collector cards of the infinity bros i should work on that actually <laughs> well technically we've only been doing this for two years mark so technically they've only been with us for one sixth ironically six out of six of Hot. our time nice. that's actually really yeah, but you can get into weird something new out. and then go and be like hey i need these i need this stuff yeah <laughs> 
That's how it works, Max. Do you think they're from the South because they said y'all? Maybe. Probably. But also, I'm not from the South, and I say y'all in, like, in like message boards. and. You say it out loud, boards. though? I just dated So you myself. become a Southern person when you enter the message boards, Mark. When I coached track and field, when I coached track and field at Crown College for two years... I'd players say like in the group chat, like in the group chat, they're like, "Why do you use like y'all and talk Southern in the group chat, but like not at all in person?" I that's been said to me, so there it is. Hey y'all, just throw a little farther. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that Mark has this secret life that he lives virtually, where he's this Southern cowboy. Or maybe maybe his uh, alter ego is Miss Minutes. Maybe he's Miss Minutes Ooh. on message boards. That's spooky. Ooh, spooky. spooky. Thanks for leaving that review, Leathernator. Uh, we'd love it if you left a review for us. You can check us out on the platforms we talked about earlier. And we'll read it no matter what. And we're still waiting for that first one-star review. Can't wait. To, to be a real one, an authentic one-star review. Technically, we have one, but they didn't give us a comment. We're really looking for that for first person to tell us why we're that bad. I think that's when that's the pinnacle of we've made it as a podcast. Um, but we're thankful for that, so... We talked about it earlier, but we are going to be giving all spoilers on this episode and talking about all the things that happen. So I want to go ahead and make sure that we just warn you and leave you with a spoiler warning. So that we're going to put that bumper right here. This is... Prepare yourself. At Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. <laughs> warning. And additionally... Just to make sure that you're familiar with our rating system that we referenced earlier in the reviews and intro portion of this episode, we're going to go ahead and put an explanation bumper for our rating system right here. Here on the Infinity Bros Podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an infinity step. Loki Season 1 Episode 6, guys. It's been quite a journey. For those that have not listened to our podcast before, we have been very, the word I would use is polarized by some of these shows. We have loved certain moments of these Disney Plus shows. We have really, it's, for some of us, really had hot takes in regards to what we did or didn't like in others. And I felt like the collective majority of us liked Loki going through this. But for myself leading up to this episode, I was very underwhelmed. So my expectations, to be honest, were very slim coming into episode six. Isaac, what were your episode? Um, what were your expectations coming into this episode? Coming into this episode, I'd say they were decently high. Um, I'm I'm no you know Disney Plus show basher like you've become after after Wandavision. So I I yeah I, I was excited for it. It definitely. There were some twists that I was not expecting, but I think I did learn from WandaVision to not shoot for the stars with my expectations. So there were still some theories that I thought might happen that didn't really pan out the same way, but I didn't put quite as much weight into them as I had with WandaVision. So I was I was very pleased with the finale of Loki and the show overall too, honestly. Mark, what were your thoughts going into this final episode and overall, how can you give a quick broad stroke before we rate the episode on how you felt the season closed out? I guess my expectations going into this were they have to, you know, expand the story even more. And I thought they did a great job doing that. Um, 
they definitely hit points I had talked about after the first episode that, you know, here are my thoughts about how it was going to end. And they kind of, they got pretty close to a lot of them. So I was pretty happy with going into this and pretty happy with it at the end. Yeah, I'd say the same thing as well. Let's go ahead and rate this episode, episode six. Mark, we're going to start with you on a scale of one to six. And again, broad strokes, you can talk spoilers right now. What is your rating of episode six and why? My rating of episode six is six out of six. My reasoning for that is they gave us the multiverse. They slapped it in all of our faces. There's no going back. It's happening. Kang told us that, or the conqueror, whatever you want to call him. Um... Loved it. Six out of six. I really liked how they didn't make it like a final, like, huge explosive, like, action scene at, like, kind of the end of it all. It was like, you, know, you got the fight between Sylvie and, Lo- and Loki um, because, you know, Sylvie wants to kill Kang. Loki doesn't. And, or this version of Kang, I should say, or uh, what, what did they call him again? What did Miss Minutes call him? The Man Who Remains. He He Who Remains, yeah. He who remains. There you go. He who remains. And, and like, clearly this dude had, well, you know, it gets revealed that he had all this knowledge up to a certain point, And that's why he was basically couldn't be killed right away. But I just love the monologue and how uh, Jonathan Majors, like, played this character to kind of seem, like, menacing and goofy and kind of just, like, Obviously, this dude's lived, you know, like he even the character says, like a million lifetimes. So he's like pretty much just out of touch with reality, and how we it gets revealed that basically he believed that the TVA was necessary to keep everything in check, and that you know having no free will keeps it from from the timeline becoming a madness, in a sense. And I thought it was interesting that he was that like that was his plan was like, hey, you two take it over and then you do what you will with it. But that was clearly not what either of them wanted. And then that's what how the multiverse happened. Isaac, what's your rating and why? Okay, so I would give this final episode of Loki a five point five out of six. And I think that's honestly close to what I would give the whole the series as a whole. I'm sure we'll get into that in a bit here, but I I love this episode and there's only one thing that we'll probably talk about in a little bit that really kind of threw me off in this episode. But other than that, like Jonathan Majors was fantastic. Um it it took a lot of twists that I didn't expect. Like I thought we were going to get just a king reveal at the end, which we did, but the fact that he who remains was a variant of Kang was a pretty awesome twist, honestly. Like they worked a couple Easter eggs into one Easter egg there, which was which was pretty cool. So it it didn't go down the way I expected, but at the end of the day, I was satisfied with the whole series and how it ended. And honestly, the the ending um, scene was that elevated this episode so much to me like just the how i mean are we doing spoilers did we say or we no 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 spoilers yet yep spoiler reviews already there (laughs) he put up right up front yeah like when loki goes in and he's talking to mobius like he's best buddies with him and mobius has no idea who he is that was like 
Oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it glances over, slow pan to the Kang gigantic Kang statue. Like that was that was a fantastic ending to this show. Could not have asked for a better one. So 5.5, we'll get into kind of the things that threw me off a little bit later. But yeah, it was a fantastic episode on par with the whole season, I would say, as a whole. I'm going 5.9 out of 6. I'm going to talk about the one thing I hated about this episode. But I really, really think everything else is great. This is one of the best hours of Marvel TV movie I've watched in a long time. Man, this has been a great week for Marvel, Isaac. Oh, yeah. We talked about Absolutely. Black Widow last week, and obviously that episode dropped today. It gave me so much hope. I've been so pessimistic about these shows. I have give I had given up hope going into this episode. I really thought it was just going to be a variant of Loki, and it was going to be, you know, there was going to be some fun twist, and then there would be a multiverse reveal. So I guess I knew the multiverse was coming. But the way that they did it was so much more rewarding. It was so out of left field. I completely agree, Mark. Jonathan Majors absolutely crushes this Willy Wonka mm, architect yeah. from the Matrix vibe. I absolutely adored this episode. I cannot tell you how pumped I am for Loki. It is head and shoulders now the best Disney Plus show they have. It's the crown jewel. Tom Hiddleston is good for life now. <laughs> I don't know. Three episodes ago, you definitely weren't weren't saying that. Well, that wasn't Tom Hiddleston. Episode two, I was I was wondering when Tom, <laughs> Tom Hiddleston's Hiddleston... acting is not good. Well, that was episode two. That was episode two. I didn't like his acting, and man, did he turn it around starting in episode three. And I, I just really, really loved it. I really love this this the way it ended. The start was so slow, but man, was the end worth it. And there's only one piece of criticism I can have. Everything else I really have a hard time hearing because this is what we've wanted in Marvel. We've wanted to see this huge, grand complement of these shows with the movies. And this is, in my opinion, the first major choice they've made that directly if it affects the movies. Yes, we know Wanda Maximoff is going to do things in Doctor Strange, but there was no reveal of Doctor Strange in that. Yes, we know that Falcon and the Winter Soldier are going to show back up and do things with the Avengers or against the Thunderbolts because, you know, obviously there were other characters that were in that that were revealed. But to do this big of a thing, to essentially reveal your big bad, yes, he was a variant, but to reveal the plot of what is moving forward in these Avengers movies. He even says, like, you know, if you kill me, or the paraphrasing, you kill me, another one will just take my place. For basically. sure. It's, it's yeah. And, yeah. and we were, he was right. <laughs> yeah, and to see that unfold in a TV show, and for Marvel basically to say, you have to watch Loki in order to get what's coming in these movies, I love it. I think it's great. This is what Marvel needed to do with the first two movies better. I mean, first two TV shows better. So, 5.9 out of 6. We'll talk about when it comes up the thing I hated the most. It's just my personal opinion. I know some people liked it, but I'll leave it at that. It wasn't huge. Uh, let's talk about the open. We got a lot to talk about, so we're going to break it down. Um, opening crawl. Did you guys love the opening crawl with basically the highlighted, highlighted moments of every big MCU moment with every big quote? That was really cool. I loved that. And when I was when I was like listening, the first couple seconds popped up. I was like, wait a minute. This is different. This is different from all the other 
opening uh whatever you want to call it scenes that that we've had and the fact that they had like they plucked those right out of there it i felt like it fit the show like to a t even before everything went down in this episode like i thought it was just fantastic perfectly placed what is grief without love persevering oh man yeah when that one came up i started getting a little sniffly again <laughs> just like man they are gonna milk that bad boy oh as gosh. much as they can well, they, they know as they should as they should they should yeah no Absolutely. i agree it's just it was another cool tie-in i want to ha- talk there's a lot you could talk about in terms of easter eggs and quotes Personally, I always watch these shows with the subtitles on so then I can read what the characters' names are. And because I, I can't hear anything that anybody says. That's why I watch with subtitles. But but yes, also that. <laughs> for sure. But I, I like to know exactly what they say word for word so I can come back to it later. But one thing that was interesting was there was a spaceship that flew. Do you guys remember the plane spaceship looking thing? Uh, in, in the montage at the beginning when they were when it was showing time and space. Is that, is that supposed to be like Black Widow and Hawkeye? Is that what it's supposed to be? I think, Mark, this is my personal theory that I I didn't want to say until we short, started recording. I think that's Fantastic Four's ship. Ooh, oh, and I think we're going to find out that that's their ship. Mouth. And I think shut that's the reason that that's an important <laughs> like piece Richards of... Like Reed Richards has been spying on Kang and what he's well, been doing. Well, not only that, but like that's... It's important to Kang's story arc because obviously, as he reveals later, he's a 31st century scientist who is Nathaniel Richards in the comics. I believe we're going to. And Mark, we were talking about this pre-show. This pretty much to me, I feel, confirms that the black of the the, uh, Fantastic Four are going to be black. I I think I think we're going to see maybe the thing won't be black, but I think we're going to see the Storm siblings and Reed Richards be black. And I'm here for it. And I, I hope that they make that. I actually am now hoping that they make that choice because I want to see that connect with Kang. I think that'd be a really cool part of the Fantastic Four story to really lean on is we are the preceding family of this main villain. I think that'd be a really cool arc for them. And so I think that just plays into that. And I think there's some cool things they can do with it. So that's just my personal view. But I wanted to make sure I touched on that, that I think there's a reason they put that plane in there because it was just like this random plane and i was like ah oh, that that just seems too too on the nose that that's got to be an easter egg to something major and maybe it's just a famous event and i didn't recognize the plane but i'm just shooting my shot there kang reveals his name is he who remains which is what miss minutes calls him in the comics a lot of people are referring to this kang as a mortis i kind of think this was kevin feige just rolling it all into one yeah right i think it was like a separate variant that they developed for this i, I loved how they honestly like gave the because there were a lot of people speculating about the he who remains guy it was just kind of like a random easter egg he shows up like five times in the comics or something like that but that was really i thought that was really cool how they gave this guy an identity as he who remains but he's also a kang variant i thought that was brilliant by the producers of this of this show nice little easter egg And obviously we see Chronopolis as well in the Citadel where the Citadel of Kangs that he references resided before they started fighting each other. Let's pause on the story arc and let's just talk about this reveal to begin with. Is it safe to say that all of us Infinity Snap Kang the Conqueror being in this episode? Yes. I mean, technically he's not Kang the Conqueror. Is he? I mean, he's a Kang variant, though. Well, I mean, he referred to himself like, you know, I've been called the Conqueror, I've been called the Ruler. Right. But he might have been referring to his variants in that 
in that moment too. So I don't think personally this guy specifically, this variant is Kang the Conqueror because it seems like it seems like we're going to see him like obviously the the statue that we saw of Kang seems like it's more of a Kang the Conqueror type of of deal, but you know, who knows at this point. Is Miss Minutes like this just came to me. Is Miss Minutes not a variant in all and she can go through any multiverse? multiverse That's because she just pops up right. there she's more is she a construct or is she a person that's yeah. a great question actually because because that was like that was like i just saw this like why it didn't spark my mind when i saw her it's like wait why would she just appear there in the citadel that's what we need to know is the not anything about the the forming of the tva or the sacred timeline we need to know where the heck miss minutes came from and and what the heck she is that's what we need to do the the scary Miss Minutes bit when when she pops up as they're entering the Citadel was nightmare fuel. I mean, that was so that was one of the scariest things that's happened in all of Marvel. It was it's so crazy because it's like, I don't know, like a horror fantasy horror trope, I guess that like, I don't know. It seemed like a trope to me that she was like offering them all these like whatever they wanted so they didn't continue on. You know, like, I, I just felt like I had seen that before. It seemed like she was undermining what King wanted to do, because clearly King had a, or he was, you know, who remains. We're going to call, call we're going to call him yeah. King the rest of this episode. Yeah. We're going to call him King. Sure. It, call, yeah, okay. Don't well, actually us. We get it. Well, well actually. actually. Okay. So it seemed like she was undermining what King had planned. Because it seemed like we definitely get a reveal that Kang had planned like either these two are going to take over or they're going to kill me and let the multiverse go crazy. Yeah, it does. It definitely does seem that she doesn't know exactly everything that Kang knows. Like she, like you're right. She. It seems like she's trying to prevent them from what Kang already knows is going to happen. So she obviously doesn't know what's going to happen. But that that's a really interesting point. Like I I don't know what her goal or her motivation is besides it seems like she's still trying to like serve Kang but or she's serving someone else and the information he gave Renslayer was like maybe it's a different Kang that's you know where is Miss Minutes or is you know controlling Miss I don't know man I want to see some something that multiverse <laughs> opens so many options. I want to see maybe some Miss Minutes variants from Kang. from around the multiverses <laughs> I want to see what that do we think entails. that this could be an AI from the future that is like a Jocasta or maybe even like an offshoot of Friday from Tony Stark's tech that somebody just enhances. It's possible. Like maybe this connects to with um, like Armor Wars or something. Armor Wars and Ironheart's AI. Like I feel like this is going to have a deeper connection. This this character is just too prominent right now. It seems so odd that like we get more context on Miss Minutes in this final episode than we have the entire series. Like we got we got a little bit like snippets here and there, but now we learn that she is you know basically doing this on her own will or whatever, you know, or like, like she's omnipresent in a sense right, too. Yeah. Yeah, just like she can transport between these different like realities. She has her own agenda. Yeah, right. she's got her own like she's a sentient being instead of just like an AI that it has to be commanded to do what what they are doing. You know, like it's just crazy that we we learn all this stuff. And then, I mean, she's obviously not a major focus in this episode either. So, yeah, it's just we need we need more Miss Minutes somewhere. 
I don't know where it's going to pop up, but. And Mark, you said this two episodes ago. There's no reason for them to hire Tara Strong unless okay, they've got a plan. Yeah. She's a famous voice actress. She's yeah, that was a good call. Game. You said that a while back. It's like they don't do that just for a couple little cameos in episodes one and two. Like she's going to be in, in this for a while and there's a reason for it. It's going to be really interesting. What did we think about Ravona being revealed to be a educator or teacher from 2018 in Ohio? <laughs> and it was a really good plan by Hunter B-15 to kind of, you know, for lack of a better way of saying, evangelize these other hunters and <laughs> <Yes>. Minutemen. <laughs> to like, no, this person's crazy. She's also a variant. Let me show you. What did you guys think of this? This like... It felt a little anticlimactic, but there's clearly more to the story. I, I, I had the... Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, I, I'm agreeing with you. Like, yeah, it did seem kind of, like, lukewarm with, like, the whole reveal and what they did. But it's, like, obviously we're going to get more story with these these hunters. Clear, like, you know, yeah. that's why it's, like, you're not going to have them all freak out and kill each other. So, yeah. Ravona is, the we- is one of the weaker parts of this season, to be honest. I think I'm with you there, yeah. And so I think season two, they got to give her more time. They got to flesh out her motivations and her backstory more. And if she knows that she's a variant and continues to make the decisions she's doing, I've got to have a clear, concise motivation, whether that's she loves King or she has a certain goal in mind. I I foresee, though, her being. But I'm saying I think I foresee her being on King's arm when he takes over all this. Like, I think what we're going to see is her continue to go through the show. And then at the end of this show, or whenever the main bad Kang appears, whether that's Ant-Man, Quantumanium, or another Kang pops up, maybe they kill that Kang and then a badder Kang shows up. You know, like maybe a Ramatut or uh, somebody from the Council of Kangs shows up. I'd like to see her be the, the wife of him. And then in the key moments of having to defeat him when the Avengers or everybody from the multiverse or whatever they do is trying to push the only way that he's stopped is by her. That that would be a cool redemptive arc for her and really just make her go breaking bad almost for the next couple seasons to really redeem her towards the end. But we'll see. I That's the only way I could see them really working with this character. Because she's such a good actress. Yeah, yeah. No, I think she, she did add uh, a nice aspect to this series. But, man, like, there are just things that we... They're just left unanswered, which, I mean, we, we do see at the very end in the post credit scene, the Loki is coming back for a season two. We're getting season two of Loki. But <clears throat> there were a couple things that just didn't sit right, and Ravona, Ravona was one of them. Another one was, uh, f- for some reason, Loki seems way more powerful in this show than he does in the rest of the MCU. Like, he's got these telekinetic powers that he literally lifted a building with in, I think it was episode four or three, maybe three. And they just don't, they don't go any deeper into that. They're just like, oh yeah, this Loki has these powers. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I talked about how this was an issue a couple episodes ago on when we talked about episode three, I think it was per our episode 81, 82. And I'm with you on that. I think the only reason that I've decided I'm not caring about it anymore is I'm assuming that he's learning from Sylvie. And it's kind of one of those things that Marvel is just telling me, like, look, you got to give it up. You got to give it up. We're not explaining it. We got too much other things we have. We have to. And I'm well, like, fine. Did we kind of get that in the last episode where Sylvie was just like, yeah, I just learned how to enchant. Yeah, right. So it's just like, yeah. 
So it's just my thought. It's like, if he, like, does he just have the power? If he, like, just, like, wills it, it just happens. And maybe that's an, an extreme stress and pressure. Yeah. It just, like, I don't it know. Works. It just, it was so strange that they chose to do that in that episode. Because we've just, up until that, we just seen little things. Like, he, like, he summoned a book, I think, in episode two. So he could throw it at somebody. Like, just little stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's this massive building that he's able to do it to. It's just, I don't know. It's strange. And in fairness, I mean, we did see classic Loki was able to like basically build Asgard to make it look super right, real. Yeah. So it's like, but the thing is, clearly these Lokis have the ability they, yeah, to do this. Yeah, right. They have the ability. The thing is, we had not seen that at all with our Loki, like up to well, this, this point. This isn't our Loki. Though. It is our Loki. It's our Loki from twenty twelve. Yeah, but that could be a different universe based off of the you know going back through time because maybe they didn't go back through time. Maybe they went through universes, and that's where stuff got screwed up. <laughs> No, it's our Loki. I'm with Isaac. Yeah, it's our it's, it's, it's our Loki more from of... 2012, <laughs> right, and right. we haven't seen it up until now. Thanks, like, thanks for bringing me back out of the <laughs> classic Loki. Mark, okay. get back over here. By You're the way, dude, even though we yeah. Did. By the way, we did not we did not do a, a review episode of of episode five. Classic Loki was fantastic. I, episode five might be my favorite episode in the series. Like the all the Loki variants, like that episode was fantastic. But classic Loki, yeah, for sure. Alligator Loki was wild. The thing is, is about episode five is I'm really glad we didn't have to do that because I would have been working for ninety minutes to two hours <laughs> on all of the stinking Easter eggs in that one. <laughs> oh my right? gosh! Like it just was so, so many, many Easter, Easter eggs, eggs from the, yeah, the fun, from Thanos the yellow helicopter. jacket helmet to Rod. the Thanos helicopter. Uh, to Eliath, to like, there was just so much yeah, crap there. There's a lot of Here, stuff. Here's two two things I'll ask real quick then, from just to go back to episode five, since we didn't talk about it, and some people might want to know what we thought. Mark, do you think that that subway um, train? Do you think that was from the Tobey Maguire Spider Man era? Ooh, yeah, I do too. Okay, I, I really do. I think that was the first hint that he's coming back. That would be amazing. I mean, at this point, it's almost a given, right? Because of all the multiverse stuff, and they have well, released let's, a let's, trailer. Let's talk multiverse in a yeah. Let's talk multiverse in a sec. I want to cover everything else because I really think we need to end with multiverse because that's where it literally the conversation itself ironically branches off as well. <laughs> Mobius new Ravona for eons is what they revealed. I thought that was an interesting thing. Not really much to say past that's thousands of years that they've known each other. Loki, Loki and Sylvie fight, and there's this huge ideological battle here where Loki is like, hey, look, we could really be screwing up trillions upon infinite people here if we do this versus we would have the keys to it and we could really work it. And she, Sylvie, views this as you are trying to grab power to the throne but the reality is, is she's also a Loki variant, and so she can't look past her own ego. Which side are you on on this debate, Isaac? <laughs> That's a great question. And what's interesting is, so I rewatched just the the Kang like part of this episode today, and Kang actually kind of plants that seed in Sylvie's mind. He's like, "Can you trust this Loki? Can you trust anybody?" She that's that was the part that I when I rewatched it, I was like, huh, is this Kang? Does he actually want Sylvie to kill her or kill him? Because, I mean, we obviously see that once they cross that threshold and he doesn't know what's going to happen after that, he's like kind of actually digging that he doesn't know what's going to happen. So 
I don't know. There's part of me that thinks that he wanted her to kill him for some reason. And I don't know why that would be. But, and he even says too, we'll end up right back here again. I'll see you soon, is what he tells Sylvie when when she kills him. So I don't know why he would want her to kill him. I don't know if he necessarily was saying that they're going to end up back there. I think that was him just kind of saying, look, other kings are coming now that you killed me. Yeah, but when I rewatch it, it's just so interesting that he's planting those seeds of distrust in Sylvie's mind towards Loki and towards everybody. So, I mean, from Loki's standpoint, if and this is another thing that we don't know. I mean, from our standpoint, from our point of view, it looks like Loki has turned a corner and he's a good Loki now, right? But we don't actually know his motivation. Like, he could actually still have some type of agenda in his mind. I I don't think that's the case. I think he actually is a good Loki now. But I was thinking about that as the episode was going on. I was like, he maybe he does want power. Or he's got some type of agenda behind wanting to run the TVA. Um, so that was, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know where I stand on this right now. I think I'd probably, it, it makes more sense, like logically to go with Loki and just be like, all right, Hey, let's think about this. Like we, like you said, Max, we could be ruining trillions and trillions of lives by doing this. So I don't know. I I'm kind of split on that. I'm a little more on the side of, I think Tom Hiddleston, although I was critical of him the first third of the season, really picked up the acting on the back end. And I blame the writers for that more than I blame him. I believed him when he said, I really want you to care. I thought his character arc in six episodes worked for me. I believed it. I definitely believed it after what happened after they fight, they fought. And I, I really think that I, I obviously from the moral perspective, I choose his side, but from the experiential perspective, I totally get what she was coming from. And that's what I appreciate about this crazy story is those two were making very very realistic decisions in that moment and even king old king is like making a very realistic decision he's like look i'm old i want to be out of this i want you two to take care of it because i know you two are going to be really good about it and you kind of have the same experience of what i have of seeing all these variants mark what did you think of this encounter i thought it was something some of the best scenes we've gotten in the mcu this this year so far i thought their interaction was great i've and just with you on the whole, you know, future of the story, and it's like, um, with Loki and Sylvie, it's like, man, I don't even know where I'm going to go with this. I'm just so, I'm so dumbstruck with the whole, yeah, like, they, they did this so well, where obviously this king might have an agenda already, maybe, because then he'd say, like, something about reincarnation, too, so it's like, maybe he is conscious enough that he knows, like, hey, if I get killed, I'll just be back. So, like, whatever. Right. Yeah, he he basically mentioned that he was going to be back and he would end up in the same position that he is in right now. So, maybe that's exactly it. And, like, I... This is what I... Like, what I love when they're... I kind of got the hint that we're going to get a second season because it's like, hey, what does Sylvie go on to do after the Citadel? Where does Loki go from, you know, in a different, basically, yeah. TVA? But also, during that whole, like, you know figuring out you know obviously sylvie wants to kill kang and loki realizes like hey know what this dude's saying a lot of stuff that scares the crap out of me and if we kill him and he's saying that all these different timelines are going to explode and there's gonna be monsters that we can't fight and there's gonna be evil that we're gonna have to like 
you know, control and defeat. Like, he realized, like, hey, that's I'd rather just run the TVA than let that stuff happen. Yeah, I'd rather take the power, not right. out of wanting power, but out yeah. of just, like, sheer Necessity. honesty and, and this is what and needs to happen. And then she's thinking that he's that Kang's a liar. I do, too. I, yeah, for sure. I don't think this Kang is a liar. I think this Kang was being 100% honest. I think this Kang had lived so long and was so goofy Gene Wilder-esque <laughs> that he comparison. just... And, and, a, and a Jonathan Majors crushed that. I thought it was it was over the top, but I loved it. I needed it because I was personally shocked that he... When that those elevator doors opened yeah, and it was him, same. I was like... I said out loud, I was like, wow, they actually did it. They actually did a fan theory that we've wanted versus what what the beats for the previous two Disney Plus shows were like, no, we're going, we're going to do shows that, yes, they're connected, but we're going to round out these stories. And Loki's guys said, nah, F that. We're not going to round this story out at all. <laughs> and we're going to see you next season. Did, did we like... The Loki-Sylvie kiss. I'm going to go first. This is the reason I give this a 5.9 out of 6. I hated it. I feel weird about it. I don't like it. I don't like that they are the same person from different realities kissing. I think it's gross. So there we go. <laughs> That's why you gave it a 5.9? It's, <laughs> it's so gross and weird. It is. I will say it is weird, and I like don't really know how to feel about it, but I think in the end I am okay with it because... I don't know if you can interact with another Loki from a different multiverse that basically makes them a different person to me. So I was cool with them going with the brother sister arc. I could have worked with it. I or cousin even like I could have worked with like I love you and I care about you and that's it. I yeah, but but the thing about that that makes so much sense to me is who else would Loki fall in love with but himself? That that makes that makes 100% sense to me. Like It makes he, sense, but I hate the argument. Yeah. Well, I mean, who else would he actually fall in love with? Like, he probably has had For sure. lovers or whatever you want to call them. But, like, would he actually fall in love with anybody else but himself? Probably not. So, I think that, in that sense, I, I'm okay with it. But, yeah, it's definitely weird watching it. It's just like, oh, okay. Are we <laughs> – it was almost like – uh, watching it's watching like the Star Wars movies and seeing Luke and Leia kiss, knowing that they're brother and sister, and you're like, "Oh, this that's is exactly weird. how I felt. This that's is exactly how I felt, Isaac. That <laughs> like, is, is nailing it's it. It's not natural. It's it's weird, but the the part of the movie is still funny because at that point they nobody knew that. You know, like the part of the movie is it's a funny part, but it's just yeah, it's it's weird. I agree with you. Mark, what'd you think? Hell yeah, brother. He's <laughs> <laughs> all for oh. anybody kissing in any capacity in any show. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I wish it was <laughs> Gator Loki and I'm all in on that. I can work with that. Um, oh my gosh. But here's my, my you know, I guess my theory or thought on this. We still don't know why Sylvie got taken. So technically, Sylvie may not be a Loki, and in her memory, she thinks she is, but maybe she's not, and she's truly just the Enchantress. And that's why she got taken, because maybe. she's I'm not on the that. Loki. I'd, yeah, I'd be down like someone, with that theory. Someone that's placed good. her there, and the TVA is like, whoop, this isn't a Loki. We gotta, you know, prune this whole area, so. Gosh, that would be a crazy reveal if at the end of all the next season, she, she finds out, it, or it was a mistake, right? That there was a Loki in that reality, and they took the wrong person, and... 
Ravona Renslayer this whole time has been running from that. Like she's like, oh, I was taken, not intentionally. I shouldn't have been taken. I just did the same thing to them. That'll be an interesting story. Arc. That, that's That'll a good theory. Mark. Yeah. I really like that theory. I like that theory a lot. Sylvie kicks Loki after the kiss into the TVA. He approaches Hunter B-15 and Mobius and explains to them what's been happening. And we get the reveal that they don't know who he is because as he turns and the camera shows Kang the Conqueror, Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, has replaced the three timekeepers. He is in a different TVA in a separate timeline. And now we're going to have to find out how he gets out of that situation. Wild. Which is unbelievable. That was unbelievable. I'm sure season two opens up with him, like, with the collar back on and with the variant stuff on. You think they just start the whole process all over again and it's like he knows it all? (laughs) He's in a time loop. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, dang it, I got to do this all over again. King, I've come to bargain. THR is reporting that, and I'll put this link in the show notes, that Loki will appear in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. I saw that, yeah. So... How? But like, like this Loki or a Loki? That's a great question. Who Tom knows? Hiddleston. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston yeah, can play President he Loki. President Loki. <laughs> could be yeah. a lot of. Yeah, I'm, that's all I'm saying. He, Loki will be in this it, Loki right? could play a, a classic Loki as well. They just give you know, just the aging techniques to, to Tom Hiddleston yeah. and be like, hey, just there you age go. him a little bit with CGI. Perfect. I know that you wanted to talk this last, but the the reason I gave my uh, 5.5 instead of a 6 to this episode is because I and I love Jonathan Majors what he did in this episode I think he's fantastic the moments that he was serious in this episode is what leads me to believe that he could be a fantastic king but you mentioned he has that Gene Wilder like over the top like goofy thing that took me out of the episode a little bit honestly and that's why I'm giving it a 5.5 because I was just thrown off. I was like, what? Like, what is happening right now? This dude is like literally making just silly, goofy jokes. And the jokes were fine, but it, it just was a little bit too over the top for me. I wish he had, would have toned it down a little bit. But I have zero, zero, zero doubt that Jonathan Majors is going to be a fantastic King the Conqueror. That did not like deter. Yeah, we've touted Jonathan Majors for a while. Since basically that announcement, our podcast has been like, this is awesome, this is a perfect casting. I, I, I think the reason I would disagree with you, Isaac, is just because of the time that he's been there and because I want to see every different Kang, and it's clear we're going to get multiple variants of this Kang, right? I want to see each of them have a different tone. And I think so. I think it's okay that he gave us that tone. I do agree that it does take you out a little bit, but I was okay with it because I personally was taken out of the episode already with the fact that he was there. Like it already was done for me. So, like, for him to be weird and goofy totally worked with like tonally where I was watching this. Mark, what about you? Did it take you out of the episode? It did not. I like, I totally grasped it as like, hey, he's supposed to be super old. He literally is eccentric. He probably is, like lived by himself for quite some time, so he's just quirky and weird. Socially unacceptable, but, right? Sure. Uh, my my thought that just popped in my head again. Another weird theory that what if like when you said you know multiple kings we're gonna see like you know his garb where he's like blue and pur- purple whatever. What if that like how they're gonna do the MCU where it's a suit that combines all the king variants into one? Oh, that'd be cool. Okay. Yeah. That'd be interesting. That, that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's a good one. I like it. <laughs> a short trip to the weeds today <laughs> just, for Mark. Yeah. Just quick. Just real quick. In and out. <laughs> no ticks for you. But this time. That, that'd be wild. So like buckle up, you know, two years from now when that happens. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, we'll 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 clip this. Isaac will go back mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. into the files and have Miss Minutes retrieve it. <laughs> oh, but okay. The, the other thing I wanted to say with like the ending with Loki. I enjoyed how much, like, you could sense the fear oh my in gosh, his voice. Yes. For sure. Yes. And he's going to be so dis, and, like, obviously just a shock, and, like, how season two is probably going to start. He's going to be like, ah, this again? I have to do this. I have to be, I have to befriend, I have to talk about jet skis with Mobius. And- <laughs> oh, we did get a jet ski moment with Mobius. So, so sad about that. But now there's multiverses. We're definitely getting it in season two. So let's talk multiverses. This is like the, the big, okay. Is there any way we think that Doctor Strange could not have shared the subtitle of the movie? Like, going back, do you think Marvel is upset at themselves that they revealed it was called Multiverse of Madness? I I was very interested to hear that. Like, that seems like a very early reveal, especially what we know now. Like, wouldn't that have been wild if they had held that and now they revealed it, like, this week? Like wouldn't they that waited be till a year for Endgame, and everybody knew the name, right? But right, I, I guess that, I, I take that back. With Endgame, it was up in the air about what the name was going to be, but a majority of people were saying it's going to be Endgame. Do you think there was any way they could have done this with toys, Mark? What do you mean with toys? Like like with toy reveals and Legos and Funko Pops and all that stuff. Do you, any, we haven't seen any toys with Doctor Strange stuff? So I think they could have done it. They've they've definitely leaked a bunch of. Um, or leaked or officially released a bunch of No Way Home stuff. But I I don't think I've seen any Doctor Strange toy stuff as of yet. So I think they could have done it. And with the title of the movie, like, I, everyone's interested like, they're really going to do the multiverse? How are they going right. to do that? I mean, that did keep us and guessing. And now, like, seeing Loki, it's like, oh, holy crap, I need what's going to happen in Doctor Strange. Obviously, Spider-Man's tied into Doctor Strange because you look at the Funko Pops. There's a Doctor Strange Funko Pop for Spider- Spider-Man No Way Home. So clearly Spider-Man is going to be directly connected or somehow connected with We're going to talk Dr. Spider-Man Strange. in a sec. Let's stay with this, this, this question here. <laughs> Mark, do you think that this helped Marvel in the long run? That we knew ahead of time going into Loki that that's what was coming? Did it help? I don't know. Because the way you're talking is like, oh, no, this gave me a framework of what what to expect. But the journey of getting there was the fun. Yeah, it was fun getting there. Them, are you talking about like them naming the Doctor Strange 2 movie? As yeah, and I mean, it? I'm more so talking that one of the biggest pieces of feedback that Infinity War and Endgame got was every beat along the way before that, we all knew it was cul- culminating to that big event. And that was a piece of feedback that people ha- had on those movies. Is so, it going to be the culmination of that? Because we're going to get Doctor Strange first before we even see Kang again. For sure. I agree. And so that's that's why the Kang reveal is and overarching with, in everything. With the multiverse, it could be... I mean, I, I said this offline before we started um, to you, Max. Where it's like the multiverse is like, I feel like a tightrope. It either can be too convoluted for the regular fan, if done wrong and not executed right. Or it could be something fantastic where you are able to just pull in different characters and then with the finale where it's like you recreate the sacred timeline and kind of just like with um DC's uh, Infinite Earths, I'm getting that one right, where basically you fold in some of the universes into one. So like that's how you get X-Men and Fantastic Four in there. 
and other characters that haven't been in the MCU yet. I think if the standard is how they explained it in this episode, it's going to be fine. I thought, I really thought Jonathan Majors nailed the exposition of this. I thought it made complete sense. And it was canonical in regards to the comics. And of course, they mixed his character up with it. But I, I agree with you. It's a very convoluted dialogue. So I was excited when I felt, okay, I can follow this. This is not too far for me. I'm very interested to see what my wife says when she watches this. <laughs> That's the person that I'm going to talk to about this. Yeah, so actually on that note, Max, this is this these um, Disney Plus series, I think we all came into them thinking they're going to be similar to MCU movies that we had seen before where they are basically self-sufficient. And we're finding that these these Disney Plus series are more like stepping stones in building the future of the MCU. They, are they self-sufficient? I mean, you could probably make that argument. But is a casual fan that has not seen all the MCU movies going to step into each of these Disney Plus shows and know what's going on, for one, and still be able to enjoy them, for two? And I would argue that Loki is getting into that territory where the casual non MCU fan is going to get a little convoluted and it's not, they're not going to enjoy it as much. And we're going to see that even more in no way home and in multiverse of madness, because if you don't, if you're not up on your Marvel lore, you, we are not going to know what the heck is going on. Nah, Spider-Man's movies. fine I'm, by I'm itself, gonna, Spider, gonna... but you're wrong on Spider-Man, Isaac, because everybody will pay money for oh, that yeah. movie. No, it'll, all three still, of those, it'll still make a buttload of mo- money. If all three of those guys are in it, they don't need an explanation for how it got there. Here's my rebuttal to you, Isaac, with that with that thought. Like, you know, you, you're right. That could happen. Um, but Disney and the Marvel clearly have a plan. And know what? Know what they're probably going to start advertising when new movies come out? Like, hey, you should catch up on Disney+. Plus. Go get yourself some Disney+. Plus. Watch these episodes. And in, in that thought... Probably the majority of people that are watching this and are making Disney the money for these Marvel movies probably already have Disney Plus and are already watching these shows. Yeah. Right. So, like, when we go back to the casual fan, are we saying that there's actually, like, you know, when I've even said it, it's like, now thinking about it, what is the percentage of casual fan versus people who are caught up to everything Marvel related? That's right. I so mean, like, that's that's the real question is, like, are these people that are watching – I mean, most of the people that are watching it, obviously, because these movies are making billions. I mean, we'll see with, you know, the comeback of, of movie theater movies and stuff like that. But, I mean, these movies were making billions prior to COVID. And, obviously, I would say a majority of those are people that are coming back from – being involved in the MCU. They're not like newcomers to the MCU. So that's that's not Disney's. Disney doesn't care about that, which is obviously why they're going into these different areas. But I just I when I was watching Loki, that's just one thought that I had. I was like, you know what? I don't know. Like my wife, uh she watches them with me. My wife. My wife. She has not watched every single Disney Plus series yet. I, I question if she will enjoy. Like she'll still she'll still watch them with me and she'll still like them. But will she enjoy them as obviously as much as us who are deep into the weeds on all of this stuff and we know what's coming. We know what has happened in the MCU. Um, 
I just, I don't know. I, I found that interesting that they're kind of moving, they're moving on from the casual fan, I think. No, I love it. They've earned the right to do it. Endgame proved that they can do it financially too. Everybody went and saw Endgame. Right. They have earned the right to do it. I, I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily. I just found it fascinating when I was watching the Loki series. It'll be interesting with these new movies coming up if they do a good job explaining stuff so it's like you kind of get the gist of what's happened where it's like hey dr strange will show up and be like hey loki screwed stuff up there's a multiverse and like <laughs> yeah. that's enough for everybody get a little recap yeah i don't even think they have to explain that loki screwed it up i i kind of look at this as more of with age of ultron in age of ultron the the helicarrier arrives right in the third act and everybody's like wow that's really cool and if you watched at the time we thought agents of shield was connected now feige said it's not but at the time, it was connected, and we found out that Agent Coulson gave that. I look at that as what this situation is. This is a, in a comic sense, if you want to learn more about the backstory of how somebody got somewhere. So, for example, in the Fear Itself comic line, you could read about what Daredevil was doing in New York. But you didn't really follow Daredevil's arc in Fear Itself. But you could see what was going on for him during Fear Itself. That's how I think they're going to do this. I think for the people that really care about Mar the Marvel method mythology and care about these details, similar to Star Wars fans, you don't need to watch The Bad Batch to appreciate Episode Nine of Star Wars. Uh, whether you do or not is is, that, is is your personal preference. But the, but the point I make is I think that's what's going to happen here. I think I don't think Doctor Strange is going to know that Loki messed it up personally. I think he's just going to know that, okay, the multiverse is breaking out. That's I mean, wild. at this point, at this point, how would you know? Like, the, like at, we don't know. How does anybody know? Right, exactly. From him? How does Madam Hydra know that Hawkeye killed uh, Black Widow? That's a great question. Well, I think we're going to find so, that out in, in, in the, the Hawkeye, Hawkeye show, yeah. right? I think that is that, that post-credit scene in Black Widow is pushing, spoilers for Black Widow, by the way, that that is <laughs> after the mark mark out of left field the movie's only been out four days but here we go we're breaking it up uh that i think mark was the the movies push towards that tv show personally and i think that's kind of the direction the movies are going to go i think they're going to push for the tv shows and be like hey if you like this check it out but it, but it's like reading a comic book right it's like to really appreciate what they're talking about check out loki episode six of the first season Versus, like, if you haven't seen it, we're going to quick put it into three sentences and catch you up. And to go back on your Star Wars comments, this is what fans want. I, I feel like fans want, they want they want filler stuff between movies. Yes. You know, I, we don't need a whole other movie between two movies. For right. sure. We want, like, little stories right. going through. Like, hey, I want to know what's happening. I don't. It doesn't have to be main characters. I want to know what happened between episode five and six of Star Wars. Give me that. And that's why That's why I love I want it to matter Shadows, in the grand scheme of the Shadow story. Empire so much. Yeah. Like, still have it tied in. I don't want it to be just like, hey, it's a knockoff and didn't matter at all. But, like, yeah, have it like, hey, this actually affects the next right. movie. And I think way. I think that was just because we didn't really know what to expect coming into the these Disney Plus shows. Now that we have seen three of them and we know what to expect, I think we'll be able to enjoy these shows a little bit more because we're we're just like along for the ride honestly because before it was like all right all these big things were happening mephisto was going to be the big bad blah, blah blah all this stuff and now it's just like you know what like this is this is pushing forward the mcu so regardless of what happens i mean i think we're going to be able to sit back and enjoy what whatever is happening in these disney plus shows 
This was this was such a big win for Disney. Oh yeah, absolutely. To, to do this this way, and it's such a big win for Jonathan Majors, who just got Lovecraft Country canceled, and I, it's a win for everybody involved. Huge, huge win for this movie, this show. Go ahead, Mark. I I had this thought when Isaac said Mephisto, so it just remind me of what I thought. <laughs> oh boy, watching watching the end of you know watching this episode where Kings like you know talking about the multiverse, I was like, wait, how does how does this affect? like interdimensional like you know basically mephisto being the devil like how does that affect like can kane control that or is that like a different dimension kind of like the tva or like the the quantum realm where it's like that's not really affected by the timeline so like can there be variants of mephisto like that made me think of there, that. there's probably going to be a variant universe where mephisto actually is the big bad in wandavision and then max is going to really like wandavision in that in that universe probably no and quicksilver will no, be quicksilver. no 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 don't be crazy <laughs> <laughs> every no. single every single multiverse max hates wandavision <laughs> i just wanted to be known that i stayed off the topic of wandavision being bad and you brought it up so now we're gonna get another piece of feedback where somebody's like max is only talking about he doesn't like wandavision it's like well you guys are bringing well, it up stop not liking it and just like it <laughs> and then we want to bring it up <laughs> no Problem you need solved. to like it i don't like it no i'm not gonna like it harder even harder Okay, so multiverse reveal at the end with Loki was obviously my my favorite part in the show. But the one part that I thought was fantastic, Jonathan Majors just crushed this part, was when he crossed, crossed the threshold of when he did not know what was going to happen next. That was like, honestly, I, I considered putting that number one, like my favorite part in this episode because he, he just stops and you're like, what's going on? And he he's like excited about what is going to happen next because he doesn't know what's going to happen next, which hasn't happened for I mean who knows how long centuries like thousands of years maybe, uh, millions. yeah millions of years who knows eons, but he he just played that part so well like it just felt so real to me in that moment and that that was like the best part of Jonathan Majors as Kang in this in this episode to me I just thought he played that part. So, so well. I mean, despite all my misgivings about the kind of the goofiness of his character, that the parts that he was being serious were so real. And that's why I'm so No, don't for... backpedal now, Isaac. You hated <laughs> Kang the Conqueror. You didn't like it. No, no, I didn't. Almost I, I as never much as you that. hate Colin Jost. Oh, okay, Almost yeah, as much yeah. as you hate Colin yep. Jost. I, I hate Colin Jost. And this is like this is like Max's WandaVision thing. I mean, we're just going to keep bringing this up for episodes and episodes to come now. So well, that's my bit. That's Why would we not? This is us. Yeah, it is. This is us. Ma- Max just squealed in glee because we said this is us. This is us <laughs> is one of the best shows on TV right now. Above average. Above average. And I have really enjoyed it. And the season finale was remarkable. Uh, Mark, do you think that King the Conqueror is our big villain overall now? Is this pretty much confirmation that we're heading into Avengers Secret War? It's got to be. Yeah, he has to be, right? Or is it multiple Kangs? I guess the question is, is it one Kang or multiple hey, Kangs? Well, I think it, it could question. be multiple maybe, Kangs. Maybe it's both. It. Yeah, I think maybe it it's multiple both. Kangs, and then they get that suit, and then they become all one King. And this is like, okay, cool. so for all the theories that we put forth about how the X-Men and the Fantastic Four come into the MCU, like, this is the perfect way to do it. Like, all right, they're from a different universe. All right, come on. Come on in. Come on into the MCU. Yeah, I still think that they're in the sacred timeline universe. I think they're just going to find a way to get around it, but we'll see. 
but it is what it is. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Do we also let, let's let's This is okay, so Loki was in the sacred timeline, right? Loki goes back to what he thinks is the sacred timeline. Is that the sacred timeline? Or is that a different timeline that he went to? He'll be in a different timeline next season. Or that's a timeline where this king that we saw came from. Because remember, they used his tempad. Okay. True. That's a good point. Yep. They used the handheld one that he right. had. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah that's a really that's, good point. That's what I so thought when I came back. Literally, he could, he, could be, he could have been rickrolling these two and... This like like he said, this is literally his plan, and like this is the secret plan he had, where he wanted to divide them because maybe he knew them together, they could defeat him. I don't know. So many possibilities. Yeah, Mark. The most important question of this whole podcast: What is the percentage chance that we see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in Spider-Man: No Way Home? First, that's the first question. Second question is, when will we see the first teaser trailer for that movie? Um, percentage, I'm going to give it a cool 77% chance that we see both of them. Um, when do we see the full trailer? I'm going to guess three to two months before uh, you know, the movie is supposed to premiere to give hype because I don't think they want to overshadow Shang-Chi or Eternals. So you think for- in September? That'd be my guess at the at the earliest. I okay, so I talked about this a while back, and I think the percentage chance I gave it was right around fifty percent. I am one hundred percent in on Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield being in No Way Home now. Like I, I think this is actually legitimately happening. I am one hundred percent in, and I think that the trailer for this movie is going to come out in the next month because I'm 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 dead positive this is the moment that they were waiting for to release this trailer so i think i think it's going to happen pretty soon i'm 99 percent chance i'm leaving that one percent chance just because like sony is involved (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) so i just like part of me doesn't want to give my hope to them it's like yeah, i forgot i have to retract my thing yeah sony doesn't care about disney's movies they could yeah they should release it now so they hype up their movie even more you give them you give us like a a minute teaser and then you give us a full trailer in a few months there you go yeah that mark you you totally stole my thunder thanks for talking i'm gonna probably just i'm gonna probably just edit you out and just act like i said this first (laughs) i really really think that this trailer is coming out next week i think it's going to be out tuesday next week at the latest sometime mid-august so that way it's in shang chi yeah oh yeah oh okay i i don't know if i mentioned this sorry this is a total side note um i don't know if i mentioned this in our black widow uh review max but i went to black widow there was four marvel trailers at the beginning of that movie that was only marvel trailers only marvel trailers and it was fantastic i was like we were we we've done it we're here so yeah, yeah, people if, are like, oh, if, we're oversaturated with Marvel. I'm like, okay, tell that to Black Widow that just made $300 million this week. <laughs> so I think that's I think that's a very real possibility that they come out with No Way Home and then insert that trailer into uh, what's what's next? Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi Eternals. Um, and then, yeah. you know. But then what if what if is in between that and then Hawkeye? Uh, is it Hawkeye, Mark, that's next? Or is it be Miss Marvel? I think next? Hawkeye is before that isn't it I, I think they originally had hawkeye slated for early fall and then miss marvel for later in the year for- 
Jeez. I mean, we still got a lot of great content we're going to get. It's going to be fantastic. Content. Yeah. Make content. you some content. Daddy You're going to hear it all on this podcast. Uh, and if this is your first time with us, thanks for sticking with us to the end. You can check us out on theinfinitybros.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for us at The Infinity Bros. We're really big on Twitch, too, guys. If you love watching people play video games really poorly, we are the guys for you. <laughs> that's, Let yeah, me tell you. That's the channel for you if you're into watching we are people the fail on Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's my Watching specialty. people fail, just so. period. <laughs> if you want to watch people fail, people this fail. is where you're guys. <laughs> and, uh, so make sure you check that out. Isaac, thanks for coming on, man. And uh, back-to-back episodes, this was fun. My pleasure, as always, Max. Mark, thanks for going into the weeds with me, and hopefully we found some really, really good things for our listeners to take back with them. I hope so, too. I, I, I wish my theories made me money because I'd be wealthy AF. So, you know, <laughs> There's a multiverse where I know what AF means, and you have all that money you're talking about. So yep. <laughs> we will just hope that that mark is making much much. Mutz, Mutz, much profit. Mutz profit. Yes. Mutz profit. We're at the end Mutz of the episode. Profit. <laughs> it's time to grow. Much profit. <laughs> uh, as always, we love you guys 3,000. And thank you for listening to us this episode. We hope you have a great day. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.